Hello, this is Nigdha from Newslaundry.com bringing you your daily dose of news. Today is Monday, the 21st of December. India's coronavirus tally breached the 1 crore 55,000 mark in the last 24 hours with an addition of under 25,000 fresh cases. The total coronavirus death toll stood at the 1,45,000 mark with under 400 fresh fatalities being reported in the last 24 hours. The number of samples tested nationwide yesterday was below 10 lakh compared to the usual which is nearly 11 lakh samples a day. The health ministry's top advisory body was scheduled to meet urgently today to discuss a new strain of COVID-19 found in the United Kingdom. The finding has triggered concern and prompted several European countries to stop incoming flights from the UK. The meeting would be attended by experts from All India Institute of Medical Sciences or AIMS and the Indian Council of Medical Research or ICMR along with a representative from the World Health Organization. The new strain of the virus shows alterations in the spike protein that could possibly lead it to become more infectious. Union Health Minister Harshwardhan said yesterday that the vaccination process against COVID-19 will begin by any week of January. He added that the government had identified 30 crore people who would be receiving the shot in the first phase of the inoculation. Meanwhile, regular classes for students of class 10 and 12 began in the state of Jharkhand today with standard operating procedures for COVID-19 in place. Maharashtra Chief Minister Udhav Thakre said yesterday that wearing masks would be mandatory in the state for the next six months. In a live social media address, Thakre said that experts were in favour of imposing night curfew or another lockdown in the state, but he thought otherwise. He added that the situation in the state was under control, though not completely. The farmer protest against the centre's new farm laws on Singhu, Tikri, UP Gate and Chilla borders of Delhi entered the 26th day today. Intensifying the protests further, farmers observed a day-long relay hunger strike at all protest sites. According to farmer leaders, the hunger strike will continue for days to come and 11 farmers will sit on strike every day for 24 hours. The farmers are also planning to halt collection at toll plazas in Haryana from 25th of December to 27th of December. A former leader from the Bharatiya Kisan Union also said that on 27 December, when the Prime Minister broadcasts his Monkey Bath radio show, the farmers will appeal to the people to beat thalis and utensils during his address. The central government, meanwhile, invited farmers for a fresh round of talks on a date of their choosing. Joint Secretary in the Ministry of Agriculture and Farmers' Welfare Viveka Karwal wrote a five-page letter to the Krantikari Kisan Union Punjab Unit President Dr. Darshan Pal. The letter said, and I quote, You are requested to share the details in respect to your doubts after having discussion with farm union leaders invited earlier and inform the date for Punavarta, meaning further talks, according to your convenience, so that the matter can be resolved by holding a meeting again at Vigyan Bhavan, New Delhi, and so that the current agitation can be ended soon. Unquote. Agarwal's letter was in response to the farmer's December 16th email, which rejected the government's previous proposal. Haryana Chief Minister Manohar Lal Khattar, in a bid to allay the fears of the farmers, said today that he would leave politics if anyone tried to discontinue the MSP or the minimum support price. Among the states coming out in support of the farmers' protest, the Kerala government has decided to have a special assembly session on December 23rd to reject the three new farm laws. Kerala Finance Minister Thomas Isaac said that the state stands in solidarity with the farmers. In a social media update related to the farmers' protest, yesterday, Facebook, along with Instagram, took down the page of Kisan Ekta Morcha, which has been sharing updates on the farmers' protest against the centre's farm laws. The group's Twitter handle shared an image at 7.18pm yesterday, showing that the Facebook page had been unpublished. 
The reason cited by Facebook was that the Kisan Ekta Morcha group was against the company's community standards on spam. The page was restored again yesterday after an outcry on social media, but it is not clear for how long it had been down. For almost a month now, thousands of protesting farmers have gathered at the borders of Delhi demanding the Narendra Modi government to repeal the new farm laws. The government has refused to relent. Apart from the three farm laws, there is also something else that has failed to gather attention. The farmers are also demanding the government to withdraw two other pieces of legislation, that is, the Commission on Air Quality Management in the National Capital Region and Adjoining Areas Ordinance of 2020 and the proposed Electricity Amendment Act. Why, you wonder? Well, News Laundry has you covered. My colleague Nidhi Suresh sat down with Darshan Pal, the president of the Krantikari Kisan Union of Punjab, to talk about the concerns of the farmers regarding this demand and what lies ahead for the ongoing protests. Let me play you a short audio clip from that discussion. तो वो तो चाहिए उसके लिए तो 12 लाख की मशीनरी चाहिए कहां से लाएगा वो सब्सिडाइज चीजें दे वो इसलिए हमारा ये कहना है कि इस एक्ट इस ऑर्डिनेंस को इस कमीशन जो बनाया है इसमें एग्रीकल्चर को बाहर निकालिए या इसको वापस लेके दोबारा इसको इफ यू वांट टू वॉच द फुल वीडियो इंटरव्यू हेड ओवर टू आवर वेबसाइट newslaundry.com एंड वॉच द वीडियो रिपोर्ट टाइटल्ड व्हाट फार्मर्स वांट बिसाइड द रिपील ऑफ न्यू फार्म लॉज यू विल फाइंड इट अंडर द फार्मर्स प्रोटेस्ट सेक्शन ऑफ आवर वेबसाइट also, my dear listeners, while you're there, I urge you to read the amazing ground reports that my colleagues have been consistently bringing you from the protest sites at Delhi. Boycotting a section of legacy media organizations throughout the protests, the farmers have chosen to speak to independent news platforms like us. But we can only continue giving a platform to the voices and stories that matter if we have the support of our precious subscribers. And as you already know, News Laundry is a 100% ad-free news platform. We take no advertisements from corporates or the government and report without pushing any agendas. So if you're not a subscriber already, hit that subscribe button on the top right corner of the website and support free and independent journalism. The lowest subscription rate starts at 300 rupees a month only. Repolling in four voting stations in Jammu and Kashmir's Poonch border district took place this morning. It was ordered because on Saturday, violent clashes had erupted in between supporters of rival candidates at several places in the district's volatile Mendahar Tehsil. The incidents had taken place on the day of the final and eighth phase of the District Development Council elections in the valley. Around 10 people were injured in the clashes, including a Congress leader, Parveen Sarwar Khan, and her two protective service officers who faced stone pelting at Saki Medan. Besides this, two people also suffered injuries after a clash between rival supporters in the Shalja area. Today's repolling, however, commenced on a swift note, with nearly 22% of the voters in the area having cast their vote in the first two hours. 13 of the 28 seats that went to the polls in the last phase on Saturday were from Kashmir Division, while 15 were from Jammu Division. Overall, in the final phase of the District Development Council elections, the Union Territory recorded nearly 51% voter turnout. Voting was also underway in the valley for 369 vacant local representative body posts of Panch and Sarpanch. The District Development Council elections began on the 28th of November and were held in eight phases till the 19th of December. This was the first electoral exercise in the region since August 5th last year when the Narendra Modi government abrogated the special status of the state. The members who get elected in the current elections will have no legislative powers and will only be charged with economic development and public welfare of the region. 
Union Home Minister Amit Shah said yesterday that the formulation of the Citizenship Amendment Act or CAA rules will be considered as soon as the coronavirus vaccine administration starts in the country. Shah made these comments during his two-day visit to West Bengal ahead of the 2021 assembly elections in the state. Earlier in the month, the Home Ministry in an RTI response had said that the rules for CAA were still under preparation. Based on a report in The Hindu from July this year, the Home Ministry was yet to inform the Parliament about the delay in framing of the CAA rules. According to the due procedure, the Ministry is supposed to inform the Parliament in case the rules are not framed within six months of the passing of the legislation. After the newspaper's report, the Ministry sought a three-month extension from the Parliamentary Committee. The extension expired in November this year and it is uncertain if the Ministry asked for another one. The Citizenship Amendment Act of 2019 was passed by the Parliament of India on 11th of December last year. It amended the Citizenship Act of 1955 by giving Indian citizenship to Hindus, Sikhs, Buddhists, Jains, Parsis and Christian refugees from Afghanistan, Bangladesh and Pakistan who arrived in India before the end of December 2014. Following the passing of the law, there were country-wide protests that carried on for months. So what is it that is so objectionable about this law? Gaurav Lele, in his piece for News Laundry, writes, and I quote, On its own, it is fair to assume that the CAA is not a particularly insidious piece of legislature, but when it is combined with the National Register of Citizens, or NRC, it becomes something of which to be wary. In the words of Amit Shah himself, the refugees or the non-Muslim migrants will be granted citizenship and the infiltrators, that is the Muslim migrants, whom he also referred to as termites once, will be thrown out or prosecuted. There was also some talk of throwing them into the Bay of Bengal. It is clear to conclude that by refugees, he means Bangladeshi Muslims who reside illegally in India, as almost no Muslims from Pakistan and Afghanistan come to India illegally with the intention of a better life. Lele says that there are objective reasons to oppose the act and also a handful of subjective reasons induced by fear-mongering. To know more about what they are, read his piece titled The Citizenship Amendment Act Was the Straw That Broke the Camel's Back. You'll find the piece on newslaundry.com. And now for some international updates. COVID-19 has infected over 76.8 million people around the world, out of which at least 1.69 million have died. American congressional leaders reached an agreement on Sunday on a $900 billion package to provide the first new aid in months to the country's pandemic-hit economy. The package will be the second-largest economic stimulus in U.S. history, following a $2.3 trillion aid bill passed in March. It comes at a time when the country is facing the worst phase of the pandemic, infecting more than 214,000 people in the country each day. More than 318,000 Americans have already died due to coronavirus. UK Prime Minister Boris Johnson will hold crisis talks with ministers after France banned lorries carrying freight from the United Kingdom and other countries around the world also ended flights from the UK amid fears over the new mutant coronavirus strain. Apart from India, France, Germany, Italy, Switzerland, Portugal, Belgium, Austria, Bulgaria, Denmark, Finland, Romania, Sweden, Croatia and the Netherlands have all said that they will stop flights arriving from the United Kingdom. Meanwhile, South Korea has recorded its highest daily death toll from coronavirus. The rise in infections has overburdened the country's healthcare system and prompted police raids on venues suspected of violating social distancing rules. As of midnight on Sunday, there were 24 additional deaths, bringing the country's total to 698. The country's capital, Seoul, and surrounding areas will ban most gatherings of five people or more later this week. 
Thailand, which had initially succeeded in almost eradicating the virus, saw a massive surge recently after an outbreak in a shrimp market. More than 1,000 people have tested positive in the country over the recent days, after which it began testing tens of thousands of people for COVID-19. As the government in Israel seeks to garner support for its vaccination program, the country's justice ministry said that at its request, Facebook took down four groups during the weekend that had disseminated texts, photographs and videos with deliberately mendacious content designed to mislead about coronavirus vaccines. A spokesperson from Facebook confirmed that four Hebrew language groups had been taken down as a part of the company's policy against spreading misinformation regarding the vaccines. A report by University of Toronto's Citizen Lab has found a major espionage operation in which spyware was used to hack the phones of dozens of Al Jazeera journalists. According to the report, the spyware was sold by an Israeli private intelligence firm called the NSO Group. According to a report in The Guardian, the cyber attack was likely to have been ordered by Saudi Arabia and the United Arab Emirates. News agency Associated Press reported that Citizen Lab said that it traced malware that infected the personal phones of 36 journalists, producers, anchors and executives at Al Jazeera back to the Israel-based NSO group. The group has been widely condemned for selling spyware to repressive governments. Associated Press noted that the NSO group's spyware was implicated in the gruesome killing of Saudi journalist Jamal Khashoggi in 2018. In the report, Bill Markzak, a senior researcher at the Citizen Lab, said, and I quote, It is not only very scary, but it is the holy grail of phone hacking. Unquote. That's all for today. Have a great day or a good night, depending on where you're listening from. See you tomorrow. All the News Laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes and any other podcast platform. Please subscribe to News Laundry. Help us keep news independent. Catch all our podcasts on news, pop culture, current affairs and sport. Visit newslaundry.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. And subscribe to our YouTube channel.